Welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio. Join us each week as we delve into some of life's most complex questions. It's time to explore the unexplained with your hosts, Karen Frazier and Rick Hale. It is Thursday night, and if you can hear our voices, you are exactly where you need to be. She is Karen Frazier. I am Raquel. This is Paranormal Underground Radio at HazyRadio.com. Welcome. Karen. What? How are you tonight? <laughs> oh, are we on the air? Do I have to start acting like I'm nice now? No, you. Oh, come on. You're one of the <laughs> sweetest people I know. I really? Yes. You know, that's really funny. I that's true. I can think of a lot of ways to describe me and sweet is never one of the ones that comes to my mind. Um well I don't know, there's sweet and then surly is like a, is close behind it. Sweet and surly. It's like sweet it's and like surly. Sweet, it's like sweet and sour chicken. Exactly. But you're sweet but and surly. Sweet and surly, so you never know whether I'm gonna like smile at you or smack you. Yep, exactly. <laughs> it's like it's like talking to uh, Paul the Psychic Biker Green. It's like you never know: is he going to be nice or is he going to like uh, you know beat you up through the uh, through Facebook one day? I don't know. There you go. I'm very well, thank you. Big investigation Great. coming up this weekend. Mm. Life's good. Fantastic. Can you talk about it or no? I cannot. I you probably cannot. shouldn't have mentioned it. <laughs> okay, see, ladies and gentlemen, she's going to have to kill all of us now. We're dead. It's over. It's done. That's right. Surly, surly <laughs> Karen's coming. Surly Karen's coming to party. Watch out. Yeah. So, you know, it's like it's pretty much the same here, you know, um, except my son has started calling me Skidmark. And, like, I, I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> Because um, I have great sympathy for your wife and the laundry now, unless yeah. you can unless you can explain why Skidmark is not what I think it is. Well, it's not what it, it was not what you think it is because he's really really into the movie Turbo right now. Now, if any, now anybody who has kids knows that they know that a kid gets hooked on one movie. And they watch it for two or three weeks. I mean, you, you, you know that, Oh, right? yeah. We watched Scooby-Doo and the Cyber Chase several times a day for months on end. Exactly. So there's a character in the movie. His name is Skidmark. He's one of, like, the racer snails. And okay. um, just he called called himself Turbo one day. He called Jamie Byrne. That's another character. And he just called me Skidmark. So you say. That's right. So you say it's based on the movie, or maybe he was helping mommy with the laundry one day or cleaning the toilets, and she said, gosh darn your daddy and his skid marks, and he picked it up from that. Well, I do the laundry for the most part because I enjoy doing it, but um, I what? don't know. Yeah, I, I, like, I kind of like laundry. Laundry is enjoyable? It is. I, you know, I, um, bef- before we had the washer and the dryer, I used to have to go to the laundromat, and I, re- I don't know what it was about going to the laundromat. I really liked going there because I could just sit there and read, and nobody would bother me. Right. So I, I started to enjoy doing laundry, and I rather enjoy it. All right. Well, to each his own. Exactly. So tonight we have a really great show lined up for all of our listeners. On the first uh, first hour, we're going to be talking to Corey Stolberg, uh, from Nex- uh, co-founder of Nexus Paranormal. And the second hour, we are going to be talking to Luke Millett. He is a filmmaker, and um, 
he is the one responsible for the ghost tapes a, a documentary about the paranormal so we're going to be talking to him in our second hour so tonight ladies and gentlemen it's a chicago kind of night these guys are both from the area from the flyover states from the only city that matters baby chicago mm. illinois well i hope to get out there this spring so yeah i know Fingers you know crossed. jamie yeah jamie and i we were just uh, we were talking about that today we were um coming back from woodfield mall and and she's and i told her i'm like karen's gonna be coming out here this this spring and she's like oh well she needs to stay with us i'm like they're gonna be about three and a half hours south of us yeah probably but you know um i want to go up to chicago just because i really enjoy chicago okay. so um you know basically i want to hang out with jamie and theo and the chickens you and know i know you'll be there too Unfortunately, I mean, it's I, I just can't help it if I have to be. Actually, you, you're going to have to go about 45 miles north of Chicago because that's where we live. But, um, <sighs> yeah. Although I am a native, I do unfortunately have to live all the way up here in the far northern suburbs. <laughs> Bonnie, Bonnie wants to know why I call them flyover states. Bonnie, it's because I'm on the West Coast and... Um, you no, know, hold on. A- we, we, people in the, we people on the coasts, you know... It's just the flyover states. You fly over them. To, I, I'm kidding. I I don't know why I call them the flyover states because everybody else does. Because to bug Rick. <laughs> no, it's 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 something that you know. It's it's one of those you know things that people have always called the Midwest states, the flyover states. You know, I guess apparently New York and L.A. are the only two cities that matter. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, you folding know, like, a piece of pizza. Who folds a piece of pizza? Well, plus, because I'm such a big city girl myself living here in Chehalis, Washington. That's Chehalis. <laughs> Cheryl says it's because normal people fly over those states. Yeah, normal people fly over those states. To get to real destinations. <laughs> yeah. Pizza, pizza folders and uh, celeb hunters, sure. I, I actually happen to really like Chicago a lot. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite cities. Um, beautiful city. Yes, so, we are. We're very know. accessible, and unfortunately, though, we are the murder capital of the world. Well, that's why I like it. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's such an unfair title to call us. It's like, you don't really have any problems with that kind of thing here in Chicago. It's, it's sort of like a, a neighborhood kind of thing. It, it depends on what neighborhood you're in. Well, sure. I think that that's pretty much anywhere. It depends right. on which neighborhood you're in. Right. So, um, Cheryl? Yes, hello. Do we have any announcements? Oh, man, I wish we did. Oh, we do! Oh, my gosh. Thank you, Karen. You set me up, didn't you? And I totally blew that one. Um, we, have an, we have a new issue online. It's our January 2014 issue. And you can get it at paranormalunderground.net. You can buy a PDF download or a 12-month digital subscription, or you can wait a week or so and actually go to the Apple newsstand and get um, a subscription there. Very good. Fantastic. All right. Exciting stuff. Um, By the way, I love Chicago. I love the flyover states. I was just joking around. Yeah, I actually really do, too. I'm not a huge fan of Wisconsin, but that's because I was there in December. (laughs) I'm not not a huge fan of Wisconsin either. Yeah, well, you Just know, it's it's in me. I, I I have trouble trusting any state where you can drive on the lake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what though? But there there's you know what I'm I'm going to tell you this about Wisconsin. What's great about Wisconsin? Um, the cheese 
Okay, everybody knows that. Cheese the, curds rock. Cheese curds. The beer is pretty good. And I can't drink beer. I'm you can't allergic drink beer. to it. I can't eat gluten. It has gluten in it. Oh, right, right, right. And there's like uh you you can buy porn movies and porn magazine porn magazines all over the place. <laughs> well, can't you do that pretty much anywhere? Right. I mean, do you No, mean but like, I mean there's so there's like, like actual the, stores. There's like there's stores like, we have. Yeah. Superb, which is like the big one, Superb Video and Magazines. It's great. It's like it's like a mecca of Pornography. I'm taking notes, yeah. Rick. Thanks. I know that this is not a paranormal topic and it's a family show, but I have to ask this. Do people mm-hmm. actually buy porn magazines now because you can just get it for free on the internet? I have no idea, but whenever you drive past Superb, that place is just filled with cars. Do they sell other stuff, too? Well, toys, yeah. Yeah, okay, so it's like Castle Superstore. I, I, if you say so, sure. It is. It's like Castle Superstore, which okay. is like a big giant. It is a big giant sex superstore. Okay. I've never been in there. No. <laughs> no. Seen that, neither have I. But no. if but when you do come out this way, if you do, I, I, I'm going to have to take you to Superb. You'll love it. Okay. That'll be fun. <laughs> because there's nothing I want to do more than go into a porn store with you, Rick. Well, you can That'd go there awesome. with, with, with Jamie and I. Theo can stay home. He can stay with his you know, grandma and grandpa. Well, and Jim, Jim will oh. be with me. Yes. Okay, that's that, that's cool though. I'm sure Jim. It'll will be like <laughs> the Jibby. <laughs> you used to call him that on air when we first started. <laughs> Did I really? Long mm-hmm. time ago. I think I'm sorry. My dogs are being dogs. I think I thought I always had just called him um, Techie McScience Geek. Nope. And actually, when we first started the show, he used to come into the chat room. He would either come into the chat room as Ruprick or the Chibi. He did not, un- Ruprick the monkey boy, that's right. He yeah. did not understand that people had cracked his code. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, totally did. But yeah, I mean, he used to come in as, as, as that, so... We're not going to explain what that. We're not going to explain the. Uh, you can look it up. Jibian. yeah, look it up. You can look it up. Look it up, ladies. Be prepared to get excited. Anyway, all right. So now that we have taken that horrible little turn on our lovely, lovely family show. Um, Wait a second. That that was almost that almost harkens back to the days when we first started. Yeah, but I was on Vicodin back then. That's true. You were no, I wasn't. I was on Percocet because of the. I had the six month kidney stone right when the show first started. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep, and yep, and I, uh, you know, wanted to uh, be like you wanted to be a Howard shock Stern. Jock. I wanted to be a shock jock, but you know what? It didn't turn out that way because I take this very seriously, and I want to be taken seriously. So that's that. Okay, there you go. So now okay. can I now yeah. can I kick us to break like I was going to do? Absolutely. Thank you. So oh, wait a minute. One more thing. No, I'm joking. Go ahead. <laughs> this is why we call them the flyover states, Bonnie. Things like this. It's people like this come from the flyover states. Anyway. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so let's do this. Let's go. Oh, to wait, there's break. more. No, I'm joking. Cheryl, would you just take us to break? We'll be right back. Your normal underground radio on the AZ Radio Network. Everyone, it's Karen Frazier. I'm here with my co-host of Paranormal Underground Radio, Rick Hale. Hi, everyone. We invite you to join Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network to explore the unexplained every Thursday night from 6 to 8 p.m. Pacific and other times in the flyover states. 
Each week, we talk with investigators in the field, researchers, authors, and experts about topics that include paranormal investigation, ufology, cryptozoology, and spirituality. So, please join us each Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern for Paranormal Talk with great guests right here on HazyRadioNetwork.com. This is Karen Frazier, writer and radio host with Paranormal Underground. Since I wrote my book, Avalanche of Spirits, The Ghosts of Wellington in 2010, people have asked me what happened next. In my new book, Dancing with the Afterlife, a paranormal memoir, my Wellington story continues. Dancing with the Afterlife is more than the continuation of the Wellington story, however. It's also the story of a lifetime of afterlife research and paranormal encounters. What I've learned has changed my life, and it might change yours as well. To learn more about Dancing with the Afterlife or to read an excerpt from the book, visit DancingWithTheAfterlife.com. Thank you. Do you want to keep up with what's going on at Paranormal Underground? Then tweet us on Twitter at ParanormalUG. Or follow us on Facebook at Paranormal Underground. Meet us on MySpace, Paranormal Underground. There's no need to be in the dark about what's going on at Paranormal Underground. Join us on your favorite social networking site today. Hi, this is Cheryl Knight, editor for Paranormal Underground Magazine. And I'm Chad Wilson, Paranormal Underground Magazine's publisher. Every month, Paranormal Underground Magazine explores the unexplained by examining topics that range from haunted sites to ufology to cryptozoology. We also spotlight investigators and researchers who continue to pave the way in a field that seeks to answer some of life's most complex questions. If you want to read about topics like psychic phenomena, demonology, conspiracy theories, crystals and herbology, and much, much more, visit ParanormalUnderground.net and start exploring the unexplained today. Visit us today at ParanormalUnderground.net and get a 12-month digital subscription for 15% off the cover price. This weekend, unplug. Getting closer to nature can get you closer to your family. To find the forest nearest you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council.
Hi, this is Hazy, and you're listening to the Hazy Radio Network. The views expressed and the opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Hazy Radio Network, its affiliates, or sponsors. All shows are independently owned and broadcast for entertainment purposes only. Hey, everybody. Hey, welcome back to Paranormal Underground Radio at HazyRadio.com. We are your hosts, Karen and Rick. Uh, for our first hour tonight, joining us is going to be Corey Stolberg, the co-founder of Nexus Paranormal, which is actually a local group here in northern Illinois. So, uh, Corey, thank you so much for joining us, and welcome to the Underground. Thank you, Rick and Karen. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for the invite tonight. Thanks for coming on, Da Bears. You're quite welcome. Da Bears. Da Bears. <laughs> I have to say, I'm born and raised in the Midwest, but... I'm actually a San Diego Charger fan, so I'm still wearing black and in mourning over last oh, weekend. That's well, right, I forgot that. I'm a, I'm a Seahawks fan, but I'm a little worried that this it, it's coming to an end this weekend, and if not, we're losing the Super Bowl, so there you go. <laughs> See, the thing is, is I, I just really funny. don't care. Yeah, I just Sorry, find it funny, because I've been a, been a sports fan my whole life, is that Seattle finally makes the playoffs once they're out of the AFC. <laughs> once they moved to the NFC, then all of a sudden they became a playoff contender. <laughs> well, that's right. But no, Seattle, well, Seattle went to the Super Bowl, what, two, three years ago, too? Were right. they in the NFC then, too? I'm trying to remember. I believe they were. I want to say that's yeah. when they first moved over. You know, it was really funny when I was, and I know this has nothing to do with paranormal. We'll get there in a minute. When I was at... Um, probably oh maybe 20 years ago we were at a mariners game and they were having future night at the mariners game and um so they were doing like like all these they were doing all these silly futuristic things throughout the game and one of the futuristic things they did was that the seahawks were in the super bowl (laughs) 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 because it was such an impossibility back then (laughs) so anyway there you go all right so shall we talk paranormal stuff Sure. Yes, shall we? So, you know, Corey, I, uh, you and I, we talk, you know, quite often, um, every once in a while. And what I'm really interested in uh, about just not just the, you know, Nexus Paranormal and all the really, you know, great kind of stuff that you guys do. But one of the things that's always interests me, you've mentioned before that you have a very um, intense personal experience that uh, brought you to the field. Is that... Is, is that initially what got you started with all this, and when did that happen, and, and what happened? Yes, um, it actually happened when I was actually a very uh, young kid. I'm actually trying to write a book right now about my experiences, trying to get it out, and I'm finding it quite cathartic to do because it's like it's not trapped inside anymore. Um, getting it out sure. on paper really seems to help. But um, we grew up, I, I, I was born in, uh, in Wisconsin, uh, didn't live there for very long. I don't even think I was a year old when we moved back here to Rock, Illinois, which is where I'm from. Um, my, my parents are from here, and we had moved back in with my grandmother. She had a great big two-story Victorian home. She lived mm-hmm. on the ground floor, and we lived upstairs. And one night, I was maybe, I'm going to say two or three years old, actually, when this happened, and I can still remember everything that happened like it happened last night. It was it was that intense for me. I'm an only child, and the house that we lived in was all wood floors. And I remember being awoken one night because I was hearing little footsteps running around on the floors. And it didn't make any sense to me because we didn't have any pets. Like I said, I'm an only child. My parents were in bed. They were just down the hall from me. I can 
I can hear them sleeping. I can hear the parents snoring in the bedroom. And I, I hear these footsteps running around, and I hear them run down the hallway and stop in front of my parents' door. And I remember calling up for my mom, thinking, you know, what's going on? And after I did that, the footsteps came down the hallway and ended up stopping in my bedroom door. And okay. when I looked, there was um, what looked like a little boy there who was being straight ahead into the bathroom, which was just to the right of my bedroom door. And okay. I remember calling for my mom, and this little boy turned its head slowly to look at me. And as it looked at me, it, the rest of its body slowly started to turn. And I remember yelling for my mom, and it changed into something that I really don't know how to describe, but it charged into my room, jumped in the air, and it landed on my bed. And I remember feeling the covers basically pinning me to the bed. I could feel the hot breath. I could. It was saying something to me, but I don't know what. And I just remember yelling my head off until my parents came in the room. And they didn't see anything. And I've, I've had this most of my life where I have seen things, I have heard things, I've seen people who shouldn't actually be there um, and it's, it's had a huge effect on me. And as a kid, it, it scared me to death. And, you know, at two, three years old, how can it be, in my opinion, how can it be your imagination? I, I had never seen a horror movie. The scariest thing I think I saw up to that date was maybe Bugs Bunny with, you know, the uh, Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunner chasing each other. There was no, right. um, you know, horror movies or anything like that. But this is something that had stuck with me my entire life. I still don't know what that was. When I was a teenager, I had another experience with something very, very dark um, that had woke me in the middle of the night and was laughing at me. And at the time, this was back in the early 80s, late 70s, when Dungeons and Dragons was the big thing. And I kind of took on the personality of the character that I was playing in the game. So there was a group of kids between the neighborhood and the school that we, you know, we were the geeks playing the Dungeons and Dragons and really got carried away with it. Whatever this black mass was, I remember it having red eyes. I remember it telling me that it owned my soul. And hey, I told him that. Jeez. Yeah, and I told it it doesn't own my soul. I was born and raised Lutheran. You know, I was baptized in the Lutheran church. I went to Christian schools my whole life. And I, I basically confronted it and said, you don't own anything. It's my soul. You don't have right to it. It told me that we would meet again. And then it just gave a deep guttural laugh that I can't even describe how deep it was. It, some of the, if you think like James Earl Jones, the voice was deeper than that. And just, you know, most of my life I've, I've had experiences like this, and I've gotten to the point now where it doesn't scare me anymore, and I want to be able to help others out who are going through something similar to this or experiencing something in their home or their place of business that doesn't quite make sense. And... Yes, a lot of it with with some clients that we run into are because they watch the TV shows. They yes. hear noise in the house, and you know they're they're sure, claiming, sure. "Oh, my house is haunted because I saw it on such and such a TV show last night." And I'm like, "No, actually, it's not. You just got done taking a hot shower. That's pipes cooling in the wall." <laughs> you know, yeah, kind right. of thing. But you, you get a lot of that. But but you do get that very small percentage where it comes out that you can't really explain what it is that's going on, and, and the thing that has always amazed me, even going back to when I was a teenager and playing with the old-fashioned uh, cassette recorders, 
is being able to hit the record button and get a voice on either the tape or a digital recorder that wasn't there when you were recording. And yeah. every once in a while you get that intelligent response, and that's what keeps us going. That's why when you look at our, our Facebook page or our web page, we always put on there that we believe the spirits have something to say and we're always listening. Sure. Well, I have to ask, um, because some of your early experiences sort of wave a flag to me. Are you a medium? I've had someone tell me that they thought that I had abilities. I've never been, you know, truly been around someone who is a medium, who has psychic abilities or anything like that. So I've never really questioned it because I, I've, I'm not one that can um, hear voices all the time and I and since it doesn't always work that kid, way though yeah right and as a little kid I haven't been able to see the people like I used to when I was a kid and, and one of the theories that we talked about a lot with with Nexus on our page on our Facebook page and that is one of the theories that goes around is that all children are born with a psychic ability and it's the parents a lot of times with how the kid is raised that kind of deadens that part of their brain because the kids, you know, the question is, is, you know, little Billy has an imaginary friend. Is it truly an imaginary friend or is Billy actually seeing that person? And that person is real to Billy. But as adults, we can't wrap our, our mind around that. And we kind of shut that part off because like I'm writing in my book is my parents, you know, always telling me, Oh, it's your imagination. Oh, it's your imagination. Well, my question has always been, how can it be my imagination if I knew nothing about this, any of this? You know, I'd never seen a horror movie, so I didn't know that any of this existed. Right. See, Corey, and that's and that's kind of what always really interests me about, you know, children as witnesses. I mean, when you think about it, a kid is the perfect witness because they have not exactly grasped the aspect that telling a lie can can. Uh, can of of course it's going to get you out of trouble of course it's but they don't quite understand the whole idea is lying makes you a bigger person right so they don't really understand that just yet so i know that with if theo is telling me that you know hey daddy i'm seeing something in his room and recently he has and we took care of it fortunately um i'm going i'm i'm going to believe him Mm -hmm. Mm mhm exactly well we've We've got a client that we've been dealing with now for about a year. We're actually going to be going back in February to do another investigation at their property. And they've got small children, and the youngest is the daughter. And she's the one who is constantly seeing um, this spirit in the house and is the one constantly being woke up in the middle of the night by whatever this is in the house that keeps calling her name. And even the client herself, the mother, she's been awaken in the middle of the night by her her name being said or she hears mommy and she thinks it's a daughter and she goes to check on her and the daughter's asleep and we've gotten this this little female girl's voice on a voice recorder the, the first couple times that we were there and we're just we're flabbergasted because we literally cannot pull up any history on the property because the house itself isn't even I want to say it's not even 10 years old yet but it's active and we don't know why, but there's there's an intelligent spirit there that is making contact with the family. And, and our big thing when Bill and I go in, we always do an interview first over the phone just to make sure that this is legit and it's not someone like I said that's looking to get on TV with their house because they want their 15 minutes of fame. Because of course, you know they want somebody from TV to come and investigate the house. 
Um, we always go through that. And whenever there's kids involved, the antennas go up a little bit more because it can be terrifying for children. Bill and I both know what that's like because we both had experience with those kids. But like you just said, Rick, you you got to listen to the kid because, you know, it, it's, it's amazing what they will come up with. And it's funny, too, because a lot of children are even brutally honest and they'll just say it and don't they don't even realize what it is that they said and it's so matter of fact to them that it doesn't bother them at all but as an adult we look at it and go holy cow where did that come from right exactly so um i don't normally do this on the air but i want to tell you something it's not connected to the house it's connected to someone or something in the house and that's why you can't find anything with the history of the house okay take that for what it's worth Okay, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, Corey, wouldn't you say that that's kind of a common thing um, with a lot of people that we do carry these generational spirits around with us? Oh, definitely. And one one of the things that I even brought up a while back, and and I was trying to figure out how to write a blog on it because we've got a blog page on our website. Is one of my one of the TV shows that I really like. We don't have cable, so I'm not able to watch it any longer. But when NBC was running a TV series, I believe it was on Friday nights called Who Do You Think You Are, where they were taking celebrities and they were going through Ancestry.com. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, they were searching the family background. Well, my son has always been, and I mean, the deeper you get into the paranormal, there's so many different series and angles and everything else you can go with it. And and my, part of my systems of belief is I believe in reincarnation. So mm-hmm. my question is that I find it kind of funny doing that type of show because who who would think, like my last name is Stolberg, but who says that in my previous life or two previous lives or three previous lives, if you believe in that, was I a Stolberg? I could have been a Smith, I could have been a Johnson, I could have been a Burns, I could have been, you know, whoever. So, you know, it's just kind of interesting to me when you look at that, it's kind of neat to go back on that show, but at the same time, how do you really know who you're related to in past lives? <laughs> I've had some experience with that, and I understand exactly what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping that came out and made sense. <laughs> yes. No, it makes perfect sense. I mean, personally, me, um, Corey, I'm like, I am afraid to find out who I am. However, you know, Nancy, you know <laughs> you Nancy need, you as need well. You not be afraid. I know. But, I mean, Corey, he, you, you know, you know Nancy as well. And I, I've actually given her permission to say, okay, you know, come on over, give me a past life, and I'd like to find out. I guess who I was. Good for you. Way to face your fears. Yeah, and it's weird, and it's it's kind of strange. Like the things that I'm that I should be afraid of, I'm not. You know, but so okay. Next is paranormal, um, Corey. Now you are the co-founder of this uh, group, correct? Correct. Correct. Um, how did how did you and uh, Bill meet, and how did you know Nexus become? It's it's only you two guys, correct? Correct. Correct. We uh, we actually used to work together. We we met because we were working at the same company um, at the time. And at, when he got hired, I was the one that did all the training of the new employees out in the field. So we spent the first week he was with the company in the field. We spent eight plus hours a day together, riding around and, and doing the work. And we got to talking, and we found that we had a lot of things in common. We we hit it off right away. It was almost like we were old friends that had never, you know, we hadn't seen each other in years, but we didn't know each other at all. And we both had 
got around to discussing ghosts and spirits and hauntings and all that, and we found that we both had something in common and, and had the desire for it. And it just so happened that one night here in Rockford, um, I don't know how many years ago it was now, I had read an article about there was a, a haunted tour of Rockford, which they only do at Halloween. There's a couple famous locations here in Rockford that are haunted. And so we went on this tour, and while we were on the tour, we found that there was a local group that was helping with the tours. And we got all excited because we were trying to figure out how to find a paranormal group. It's not like you can open up the phone book and go through the yellow pages and look under paranormal and there's a list of groups. Right. And so we, we hooked up with these folks and we were with them as members for about a year, year and a half. Did a few investigations. We didn't really like the, the way that it was, was being run or, or, or just some personality issues that we were having. And Bill and I kind of have the same investigating style and, and we're not aggressive. We're not the type that go in there and uh, instigate and cause problems. Sure. And every time we investigate it, it's always different for us. We're always using different techniques all the time. We, we don't have anything written in stone. Um, it's basically what what is the case, what's involved, and we'll go in and we'll investigate that way. So we've been together now. I want to say it's been three years that he and I have been together. We've had a couple people that have come on board. We had a, a web uh, guy for a little while and we end up finding a different way to do the website and able to do it ourselves for a much cheaper price. So we said, well, you know, we're like any other paranormal group. You're, you're self-sponsored and you're using your own money. So the cheaper, the better. So we, we figured out how to do it on our own. We had another guy that came on board for a while that was our occult specialist, and he ended up leaving. So we, we find it better because the group that, that we were originally with had about 12 to 15 members. The problem that we always ran into was that's great if you're walking into a big famous location, say like an eastern state, uh, Mansfield or Waverly Hills. Because it's so big, you guys can spread out and everybody can have fun. But when you're doing a private investigation, it's really hard to do. And in, in, in yep. one case, they had a private investigation and all 15 people showed up, and there was like three people <laughs> per bedroom doing an EVP session. Well, it doesn't work because I'm picking up everybody else's questions going on on my voice recorder in that room. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, it got to the point where that got a little frustrated. And the nice thing with Bill and I is we, like I said, it's like we've known each other forever, and we can actually go in somewhere to investigate, and we know what we think, and we can actually almost communicate to each other without saying anything. I, I remember it was about two years ago this coming May that we went into Waverly Hills and investigated that, and it was interesting because, yes, when you watch the raw footage of it, we're talking every once in a while, but most of the night we're not really even talking to each other. We're not even saying a whole lot. We're just walking around, and then we'll stop in the middle of the hallway and we'll stand in one spot for a good half hour, 45 minutes, just listening and watching camera going, voice recorder going, and just, you know, trying to feel the environment, basically, to see what's going on. And we get that even when we go into uh, private residences. We'll discuss driving there, what we want to do, and how we're going to do it. So that by the time we got there, or get to the location, we've already got a game plan laid out, and we really don't even need to talk most of the night to each other. See, and I think that that's important um, to have that to have that game plan, that it's like, you know exactly what you're walking into. Um, like, take for example, with myself, it's really only me 
Nancy, um, who is the me- who you know, my partner. She's the medium, and um, Luke, who we're going to be having later on on the show. I've asked him to be a member of um, Foundations as well, and. I can't really have a game plan with Nancy because I can't really tell her what's going on. Otherwise, it could, you know, taint the entire thing. It just it would, it would it would break the integrity of it. But it is important to have that game plan before you walk in because first off, you don't know what you're dealing with, you right. know. And secondly, if you, you got to know how to deal with what you, with with what is there to begin with. But let's talk investigations. Now, I know you guys. You guys are very active in not not only as with, with investigations, but in the community as well. Mm-hmm. We do. We uh, we actually went through trying to get not so much get our name out there because we're not looking to be famous. We're not one of those groups that you're going to find on Facebook that's looking for a TV gig or a, a YouTube channel for you. or anything like Good that. For you. you know, we're we're strictly about. The client. Yes, we love to go to these famous locations. We've been to Waverly. We've been to Crown Point Jail, which is where Dillinger escaped from back in the day, which is haunted. Um, we're looking at about possibly five to six more locations this coming summer if everything works out. But we're more about the private client and helping out the private client. We did go out uh, uh, because Bill at the time was living in Crystal Lake, which is close to you, Rick. We actually went and we got signed up with McHenry County. We adopted a section of road and we did the adopt the road highway and we go out and clean a section of uh, Virginia road. Part of, it's not part of, uh, 14. It's just stretch of road in Crystal Lake that we maintain during the the warm weather just to give back. And we've actually had people that have stopped and thanked us and, and said, we think it's really cool that you guys do this. And it's like, more than anything, it's about giving back. Um, you know, we we prefer that. We would love to be able to do even more, but, you know, work schedules get in the way, sometimes family commitments and that. And, you know, we're, we do our best. We we did a talk at the Crystal Lake Library a couple of years ago around Halloween to okay. introduce ourselves to the community and just basically same thing we do on our Facebook page. Hey, you've got a question? Shoot us a question because we don't always have to do investigating. Sometimes it's well we can review a picture or someone's a little upset about something. They're hearing something in their house or or they're uncomfortable. You know, shoot us shoot us a text message, shoot us a private message on Facebook or that because we're more than willing to talk to anyone about it. We've got a whole page on our website that's dedicated to prayers and protection. So if someone really feels uncomfortable, go through there, you know, and see what you got because it's not just Lutheran and Catholic, everything else. There's Native American prayers on there. We cover as many religions as we can on there with prayers of protection because we're not going to single out, you know, certain people. I myself, like I said, I was raised Christian. I'm more spiritual now than I consider myself Christian because I don't consider myself a certain faith. Right. And Bill is Bill. Bill's just kind of there. He's 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 got a little bit of spirituality in him. Um, you know, but we 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 both come at it from different angles. Right, and and I think that that's you know, I think that's important because a lot of times when it comes to uh, paranormal research and investigation, a lot of this stuff gets filtered down through your belief system. Um, mm-hmm. Like it really, um, nothing raises the the hair on the back of my neck more um, than a person saying that a poltergeist is a demon. <laughs> I right. mean, you know, it's it's one of the most. It's I'm not going to say it's insane because that's that person's personal beliefs, but 
to make that kind of determination without considering the other avenues and more scientific or parapsychological avenue rather than one that is primarily religious, you're kind of doing a disservice to yourself as well as mm-hmm. if you happen to be in the public eye, well, I mean, you know, then you're doing an even greater disservice. But you talk about, I, I want to go back to, you know, with investigations because, you know, I, I, I like your guys' style and I always have. Um, Thank you. You're, you're quite welcome. I really do. Um, I really respect you guys. I think you guys are great. Um, you talk about uh, doing private investigations, and you talk about doing uh, location investigations. Now, what, what, is your, what is your personal philosophy? I know that there is like a vast difference between the two. What, how, what, what does Nexus think about that? Um, you know, it, it's funny. We, Bill and I have talked about it many times. And we don't we don't come at it so much from a scientific point of view. I think Rick, you had put a, a comment out there on Facebook the other day, and I, you know I had made the comment that um, the problem, one of the problems I see with using a scientific view, and that was part of the problem we had with the first group was everybody was college educated. Bill and I are not college educated, <laughs> and we were run on by some in that group because they didn't feel that we were quote unquote smart enough to be. Able able to be out there investigating that. We didn't know how to do it properly because we weren't trained right. And it's like, you know, yeah, there is training that needs to be involved. You can't just, you know, to me, I'm not going to take a novice. I'm not going to take someone who goes to a haunted walking tour of, say, Chicago and gets a big kick out of it and goes to the haunted Halloween uh, houses and gets the big scare out of people running around in plastic masks and that and makeup and then say, hey, you really want to experience something, and I'll take them to Waverly because I may damage them psychologically by doing that. We come at it just from our point of view of our personal experiences, what we've experienced. We learn on every investigation, and it might be something very, very small, but it's something that will change the next time we go. We've been in situations like the, I'll, I'll use the Crown Point Jail, for instance. We've been there now about four or five times and investigated a different style every time. We've gone in there and, and been quiet and just walked around, sat down on, on a bench or whatever and had a voice recorder going and just asked some questions. We've gone in there, we've been loud and boisterous and, and raised hack and, and done the instigating. Didn't really get a whole lot. We've gone in there and, and you know, done like the good cop, bad cop kind of thing. One of the things that, that we have found that has worked great for us, and I know it works for some groups, doesn't work for everybody, but we'll go in, whether it's a private location or a famous location, or well-known, I should say, mm-hmm. is we'll go in and just have a conversation, just about anything, with the people that are there. And we've been able to capture voices on recorders that wasn't one of the voices of the people that were there. And it was just like they want, you know, the spirit wants to get in on the conversation and say something. And, and we've had cases, too, where we do use the ghost box every once in a while. We've got the old Radio Shack hat that people have. We also have the SB7, those box that some of the people use. Mm-hmm. It depends on the location the energy. We've had some success with it. I can understand people not liking it because they think you're picking up a radio signal. I can honestly say, from I do a lot of the audio review, we sweep at such, a, literally, a fast rate with that SB7. You would know if it is a radio station, all you're picking up is a beep or a pop. You are not picking up a word. It's scanning that fast that it's not even, you, you won't even pick up a single word 
right. from a DJ or a call-in or anything like that. And when you can go back and review it and get a full sentence out of that thing over about 14 or 15 sweeps, that's what's mind-boggling to me because I, you know, I'm trying to understand how it is that they can do that. I love it because they've, they respect us enough is the way I look at it to talk to us and give us a message. But it just, you know, your, your mind can't wrap itself around how is something that's not there can talk to you. <laughs> right. You know? I absolutely agree, and it, it, it's it's. I, I like first off, I like how you say about the scientific thing because I think that a lot of people have forgotten that you're dealing with something that is primarily spiritual. Um, mm-hmm. And let's face it, science really is not all that prepared to deal with the spiritual. Right. It's, well, it's just. Not. And I think the biggest problem with science is when when you get down to it, and I, I've read this so many times on different conversations that go on, or I've read it in books, is the scientific community will only believe it when they can recreate it in a lab. Well, guess what? Spirits spirits aren't like a dog. They don't respond to commands. They're not going to do that, you know? And unless you're willing to actually go to these locations and sit and open your mind, I mean, I I, I told Rick on, on the one Facebook post, the night that we were at Waverly, there was a lady there was one of the visitors that night. There was only 10 of us that were there that night for that entire building. And she came. She's one of the scientific minds. She didn't believe any of this. She thought it was all hooey, as she put it. And literally within a half hour to 45 minutes of being alone in that building, she ran out of the building screaming. She went jumped <laughs> in the back seat of her car and basically hid under the blanket and would not come out of the car the rest of the night. She wouldn't even look at the building. And the thing mm-hmm. was, her friends were like, no, we're not leaving. We paid to be here all night long, you know, you're going to have to sleep in the car while we're in here because we're not leaving. And I don't know what it was that happened to her, and no one ever told us what happened to her, but something happened in that building, and, and the owners and the guy that was there that night who was a friend of ours has told us, for some reason, especially in that building, there are certain spirits that know the disbelievers and those that are going to kind of have a bad attitude when they walk into the building, and they're the ones that are going to be affected first. I've been in places like that, yeah. I've noticed. I've seen that happen before, and mm-hmm. um, I like it when that happens. Right, and Bill and I go in, and we always introduce ourselves, no matter where we're at, we always introduce ourselves. I'll, you know, My name is Corey, Bill will say, my name is Bill, we're here with total and complete respect, we mean you no harm, we're not here to chase you out or get rid of you because we don't do any of the cleaning or any of that. We just are here to communicate if you have anything to say, we're going to be here all night long. We're going to have some tools around. We're going to see some fancy lights in that, but nothing's going to hurt you. So at any point you want to talk to us, touch us, do whatever, you know, we're going to be here. And then we'll, we may do an EVP session. We may do a ghost box. We may just walk around just to try to get a feel for the environment. And really that whole night um, at the Waverly was, was really interesting because we had a lot of EVPs. The best EVP we got, for some reason, we've, downloaded the video, which which you can get on YouTube and to our, our uh, Facebook and, and our website to watch, and the best EVP we got for some reason will not transfer onto the video, but there was a little girl at one point that well, apparently was following us around because we were on one of the floors. Bill makes a comment about, hey, we're going to go up a, a different floor. Is there anybody with us that wants to follow us? Feel free. I had my voice recorder at my side, and I did a little girl's voice who had to have been standing next to me say I am and it was the cutest little sing song voice when she said it 
And of course, we had we didn't have headphones on at the time, so we had no clue that we even captured this. We didn't know it until about a week later when we were actually reviewing evidence. But it was one of those voices that's like, "Oh my God, I have to go back because I need to know if that little girl's still there and why is yeah. she still there?" Because she actually appeared to be happy on the recording. We had other recordings where you can hear people coughing, you can hear um, what seemed like a doctor and a nurse having a conversation. It was a very active building. And it's just one of those that it has stuck with us because um, everybody talks about kind of like the crown jewel of, of the paranormal. Yeah, it costs an arm and a leg to get in there, but for us, it was definitely worth it because it was worth the experience that we had and learning more by doing evidence review because we had so much to review from there. Right. Cool. And I like that. I think that I think that that's really the value in the location investigation. We use location investigations to train people on our team so that when we do private investigations, they have some experience and they kind of know how to to work. Mm -hmm. Exactly. We've got got a a young lady right now who wants to uh, come with us on a couple investigations, and and she was asking if maybe she could join the group. And Bill and I have talked about it, and we we don't really have a problem with it. We're going to try to get a couple things lined up this spring. And right. see if we can take her with on on a couple uh, couple of things because at the same time we think it might be nice to have a female presence on the team, especially in some of the cases when we're dealing with children. Sure. Bill and I have talked yeah. about it, and I think one of the big things is is especially young kids they have a hard time opening up to a guy. You know, and I'm yeah. not I'm not the smallest yeah. guy in the world. I'm I'm six foot and about two hundred and seventy pounds. I I'm a pretty big guy, and Bill's not that. Bill's probably about well oh, five eight five nine, but and he's a father, so kids kind of respond to him. But you know, little kids, especially like a little girl who's feeling something, may not respond to a grown man sure. more than they would to another female. Well, it's the energy of the person you're with. So um, I I hate to do this already, but it's like four minutes to seven, and we promised that we would let you do some promoting. You've mentioned a oh. Facebook page and YouTube and website. So anything you'd like at this point. Okay. Yeah, if uh, anybody uh, is more than welcome to hit the like button, uh, just look up Nexus Paranormal Investigations on Facebook. Uh, we've also got a YouTube channel that is Nexus Paranormal. We've got about four or five videos out there. Uh, we only put videos out there of this, the, the more well-known locations we go to. So there's two videos on Waverly. Excuse me, there are two videos for Crown Point. And there's also two different introductions kind of introducing us to the community out there. And our website is www.nexus, P as in Paul, the letter I, dot com. Uh, we've got a blog on there. We've got a lot of information. Um, and I uh, appreciate it. Anybody want to take a look, send us a private message. Anybody has questions, concerns, anything like that. Anybody wants to see something special on our Facebook page or website, let us know. We are, uh, we're always looking to add things and, and keep people happy and, and make a lot of friends. Great. Corey, Great. thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks, Corey. I hope that you'll come back and talk to us again. We didn't have a lot of time with you tonight. Oh, no problem. Anytime, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Karen and Rick. All right. right. Thank you so much for coming on. Okay, everybody. So here's what we're going to do. We are going to go to break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking some ghost tapes. So stick around. It's Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network.
Ranger Station. Yeah, hi. I'd like to report a bear sighting in the forest. Uh-huh. One second I'm having a smoke. Next thing I know, I'm face-to-face with Smokey Bear. Wow. And he told me it only takes one spark to start a wildfire. Did you know nine out of ten wildfires are caused by humans? I had no idea. That's why Smokey's famous and you're not. If you see someone in danger of starting a wildfire, step in and make a difference. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Learn more at SmokeyBear.com. Only you can prevent wildfires. Hi, this is Hazy, and you're listening to the Hazy Radio Network. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Paranormal Underground Radio at hazyradio.com. We are your hosts, Karen and Rick. Uh, for the first half of the show, we were talking to uh, Corey Stolberg, co-founder of Paranormal, super swell guy, and I hope that he and his partner, Bill Hoax, will come back on. That would be great to talk to both of them. So joining us for this uh, half of the show is going to be documentary filmmaker and uh, the creator of the of the documentary, well, of, of the film, The Ghost Tapes, a documentary about the paranormal, is Luke Millett. Uh, thank you so much, Luke, and uh, welcome to the underground. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Great. Thanks. Um, so, you know, I, you know, you and I, we know each other and stuff, but, you know, for our listeners, I always like to ask people, what got them interested in um, researching and investigating the paranormal? Well, um, I mentioned this in my film, but of course, you know, for those who haven't seen it, obviously, it, it all started way back when I was a little boy and uh, my, my father passed away at a really young age. And, um, it's, I've never had any real closure. I never got to say goodbye to him because no one really told me what was going on until after he had passed on. And so ever since then, I have just always been trying to prove to myself as well as, you know, everyone else that these, these things might be out there and we need to, we need to at least make an attempt to, you know, make contact with them. Right. And so, yeah, it's just passing my father, I guess, really. Oh, sorry, there was some breaking up there. Uh, do you feel like you've proven it to yourself? Um, that's a really tough question because I'm always my toughest critic. Sure. I, I think the, the best way I could answer that is I think I've proved to myself the possibility of it. Okay. I'm still not 100% on anything that I've personally captured yet. Fair enough. Okay. So now um, I'm I'm assuming then that of course that this was what, you know, sparked you doing the uh the film The Ghost Tapes, which, you know, the first time I saw it, I thought it was the first time I saw it, I thought it was great. I thought it was the most honest documentary that I've ever seen because it was coming from a person that is still in that do I believe or don't I believe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm still stuck in that phase, which is why we're now working on uh, Ghost Tapes too. Oh, I've I've been there, so I understand being in that. Do I believe or don't I believe? Now I have since moved into firmly the believe column, as Rick will tell you. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> there's no waffling for me anymore. But um. So so I get where you're coming from with that. And interestingly, one of the things I did when I was in that do I believe or don't I believe thing was it filmed a documentary too. So 
Weird, huh? Oh. Um, but, so I would like to know about the first Ghost Tapes, because I haven't seen it, and um, can you tell our listeners a little bit about it? Absolutely. Um, well, the funny, the really funny thing is, I've had the idea to make Ghost Tapes for probably about 10 years now. Ever mm-hmm. since I was in high school, I've been dying to make it. And I, I don't know, I just never got the push I needed to get around to it until this huge paranormal boom happened in all the TV shows and all the movies. And sure. It just made me really sure. mad. And so I was like, I'm, I'm going to get this ball rolling. I'm going to find someone, whoever it'll be, to help me investigate these dark, scary places. And that's pretty much what lighted that fire was this whole explosion of paranormal media. So you said that it was something that... Oh, sorry, Luke, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, I was going to say, you say that it's something that, you know, made you mad. Um, What exactly about it made you mad? I mean, how did it, did it, how did it affect you when you saw this? Is like, is this something that is just not honest or what? It's, it's, uh, yeah, kind of that it's not honest. It's that all of these shows seem to gear more towards like the TV personality hosts that are yes. presenting it right. rather than what they're trying to prove. Yes. It's like yeah, everything so it's, keeps coming back to the host. That's what bugs me. Right. So kind of like a uh, a style versus con- uh, content kind of thing. Exactly. Exactly. So right. how is the ghost tapes different then? Well, I've I've studied lots of paranormal shows, and I kind of understood the formula that they were working with. What what I noticed that a lot of these shows do is they'll dedicate half of their time slot to explaining things and interviewing people and like recreations and then they would do the last Mm -hmm. half with the actual investigating and that Mm -hmm. that makes me a little mad so with my movie i i just do a little tiny bit of exposition and then the whole bulk of everything is just investigation time interesting right exactly um, so in, in, in the video, it's not just you, you're, you're with another guy. Um, who is, who is that gentleman? That is Jim Chester, a very good friend of mine now, but when we first met, we were more, uh, he was a client of mine that I would do video work for. And mm-hmm. we became really good friends after doing some commercials together. And I just asked him like, Hey, do you want to, want to go ghost hunting with me and make a documentary? He's really adamant about it at first. He he's like, "Why do you want to do that?" And I just mm-hmm. was like, "Why don't I want to do that?" <laughs> <laughs> Why wouldn't I? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and now that it's out and it's getting some good exposure, he it's like one of the he says it's one of the coolest things that he's done with his life so far. And so I'm happy I got him involved. Right. Yeah, and um, you know, I, I'm 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 very proud and happy to be involved with this um, with the with the second um, ghost tapes. Great to have you on board. Oh, thanks. Um, now, in when you're investigating, do you, do you prefer to um, do you prefer the the private home investigation, or do you prefer to go to a location? 
That is that's a tough question. Uh, it's tough for me because the investigation that you and I did recently, that was my first private home investigation ever. Oh, okay. So I don't have a lot of yeah, I don't have a lot of exposure to homes, but mm-hmm. if I still if I had to pick, I would say locations because they give you a little more room to work around and there seems yeah. to have been way more people involved in like a public sure. site. Sure. So probably just more energy, but that's just my guess. Sure. Well, mm-hmm. I have to I have to ask you, um I want to go back to our early chat a little bit. Do you have something in mind that will be that thing that tips the scale into belief for you, or will you know it when you see it? Um, I'm going to have to say, like, a full apparition of a person. Yeah, that's what did it for me. (laughs) Or a a straight-up object just flying or moving by itself. Yes, that also did it for me. Those things do happen. So if you keep at it, there's good chance you'll you'll see those things. Um, so then, but but even then, do you think that that lingering doubt will be there because you've had it for so long? Um, I think the lingering doubt will be there, but only because I want an excuse to keep making more documentaries. Sure. <laughs> well, what, who's I, to say you I have say to, to s- myself? Go ahead. Well, I want to know why you would have to stop if you suddenly believed. <clears throat> well, I wouldn't feel the need to stop altogether, but I think the motivation might die down a little bit. Oh, so it's, it's kind of like a, a, a searching for, for something. I mean, I know with me that I, I really honestly would tell people that I hope that we can never really figure it out because it will lose that magic. Is that what you're trying to say? Yes. But the thing is, I don't think we will ever figure it out. And even if we did figure it out, there will still be skeptics who say, you know, BS. Of course. Yeah. So now so as you... long as there's skeptic, the, the mystery will be there, I think. Right. No, I couldn't agree more. That's... I'm, I'm always, you know, recently they had a, a guy who claimed to have sh- uh, shot and, and killed a Bigfoot. And it's like, you know, bringing something like that in front of the entire world and saying, here it is, it just, it kind of just ruins it for me, I guess. I, I, I don't know. It's just, it's saying, well, it's over, it's been proved, so now there really is nothing more to investigate and look into. Well... I guess I know what I need to look up after our chat then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah well, it's, it, it's, it's a, I think it's a guy, a guy's name's Dwayne Dyer and he has a, um, he has a history of being more of a huckster than anything, than being a legitimate uh, cryptozoologist. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I would personally would hate to be the person that shot and killed a Bigfoot, especially if it was the last remaining member of its species. Like, that's it, dude. There's no more. That was it, and you just killed it. Yeah, that sounds awful. Yeah. <laughs> so, if you... If you th- so if you didn't make, so if you had that experience where you believed and you decided, well, I can't make a documentary about ghosts anymore, then where do you go next? What do you do next? Ooh, probably just a documentary on something else, because that seems to be the thing I'm good at. 
So more documentaries, different subjects. Yeah. yeah. Do you have, are you interested in other areas of the paranormal or would you totally switch gears, do you think? Uh, do, you, do you have an example? I'm not sure what you mean. Well, like Bigfoot or UFOs or, um, oh uh, gosh, things like that. Uh, you know, is there, so are there other mysteries that interest you? Maybe reincarnation or anything like that? I would have to say aliens for sure. Yeah. But a, lot, a lot harder to investigate, I'm sure. <laughs> a lot harder to investigate well and on camera, I would guess. <laughs> I, I would say so. You know, Luke, you know, since since we're, you know, since I got you here right now, I, I did want to suggest to you that, you know, maybe you might want to add a little bit of a uh, of a monster thing into the ghost tapes just to kind of switch it up a little bit. Just a small segment. And I got an idea for it. Are you interested? You want to hear about it? Yeah, shoot. The Beast of Bray Road up in Elkhorn, Wisconsin. It mm. is approximately 30, 20, 30 miles away from me, and uh, it is still seen quite regularly. Hmm. What, is, what does it look like? It's a werewolf. It's a werewolf. At least that's what people say it is. Um, I think it, it to me it sounds a little bit more like a you know either somebody's messing around and making a hoax or it is a Bigfoot type creature. But people when they see it they claim that it is a werewolf. Yeah, I tell you that's, <clears throat> that sounds a little dangerous. It does sound dangerous, but from what I understand, it's never actually hurt anybody. Just take a silver bullet with you. You'll be fine. We'll be fine. Be fine. Just Come on. Just, <laughs> Just the bullet. Throw it at it and run like hell. <laughs> so, in your, in uh. the, in, <laughs> you know what? Think about it. It's interesting. It's dangerous. But that is what makes it so incredibly fun. Well, I'll consider it if you'll go too, Rick. Yeah, I wouldn't invite. Wouldn't say, "Let's go do this. Let's go look for this thing." If you weren't, uh, if I wasn't interested, and then you can finally right. totally earn the name Skidmark, Rick. When you see, yeah, that. <laughs> yep. Yeah, when I see like a nine foot werewolf running at me, um, back back to the ghost tapes. Um, now, in the ghost tapes, you visited some, um, you know, very well known places here in in Illinois, and one of the ones, one of the places that you visited was the White Cemetery. Personally, for me, I'm very skeptical concerning the White Cemetery. I think that there's a lot of um, urban legend that's involved. Um, but while you were there filming, did you experience anything, or, 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 or do you think it's just urban legend as well? Well, again, I don't think I got enough to call you know cemented evidence, but I, we definitely got some weird things there that uh, we we can't explain. We went back a second day to try and recreate whatever happened, and different things happened. And right. So for right now, I would say there's there's something to what people are saying about it. Okay. And uh, Bachelor's Grove, which is you know by far my favorite location. Let, let's talk a little bit about about Bachelor's Grove because that's it's really great to talk about. Um, when you went there, did, did you initially, you know, get any kind of evidence? Because from what I understand, that anybody who goes to Bachelor's Grove is going to walk away with something. We have captured what some of us believe is an EVP, 
and other people claim that it's the microphone rubbing up against my coat or something mm-hmm. like that. But I think it's an EVP because what I did was I did a little test. Mm-hmm. I took a 20-second chunk of audio that had this EVP in it, and I just emailed it to Jim. I didn't say anything. I didn't tell him what it was. I just said, listen to this. Let me know what you think. And he texted me the same phrase that I thought I heard in all caps, and it, it gave me goosebumps when he texted me that. Right. So one of the things that I found really interesting about about the um, about the first documentary was, you know, a lot of a lot of the stuff that you had to say concerning it. Um, one of those things was is that ghosts don't only appear at, at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry about that. I didn't get that. Oh no, I'm just agreeing with you. Yeah, absolutely. Right now, you know. I know that when we went on the investigation, you know, we turned out the lights and a lot of other kind of things. But what do you think? Do you think that you're going to get more during the day or do you think that you're going to get more at night? I mean, even with the lights on at night, you know, that's fine and everything. But what do you do? Um, do where do you think that it's more likely to happen? What is your own personal philosophy of, you know, of, of the activity of spirits? Well, I don't think that ghosts are more prone to give you activity if the lights are on or off. But personally, I've I've noticed that when using night vision cameras, you tend to see a lot more anomalies in pitch darkness mm-hmm. that you probably wouldn't see with all the lights on. Like, I know everyone hates orbs, but, I mean, I see a lot of them, and a lot of them were shooting in and out of you that night, and I know dust can't do that. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I don't think we would have seen those if the lights were on. Right. It depends depends on where they were shooting out of and whether it was taco night at Rick's house or not. <laughs> you know what? Actually, it was, grill, it was grilled cheese and soup night. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, you know, you, you talk about with the orbs and stuff. I mean, personally, I, I just, I, I, I kind of... I, there's something inside of my brain that's like, okay, maybe this is spirit activity, but there's also something inside of me that says that this is plasma, uh, you know, energy that is flowing through the air. Um, mm-hmm. You know, with, with with that kind of thing, you know, like, you know, do you think that this, uh, you know, with these, with these orbs, I mean, could it be spirit energy? Well, what are your thoughts on it? Well, I'm not going to lie to you, Rick. I'm not a scientist. I don't claim to know anything. (laughs) Well, you have a lot more experience than I do, but I, all I can really say for a fact is I know that these, these little balls of light are not dust and they're not bugs. I do believe they're some type of conscious energy, but whether they're ghosts or not, it's hard to say. Okay. But conscious, conscious energy for sure. Very good then. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's weird because it's like I'm I'm watching this video and I've never actually seen that happen to me before, you know. But it's like you can definitely watch as like this little ball of light. And I, I don't even want to say it was a ball; it was more like a blur, just sort of flew in and then boof out again. And like you know, obviously dust and bugs or you know whatever they're not going to be able, you know, to do that kind of thing. So. 
Um, <laughs> so you you know you talk about doing you know uh, documentaries um, with the ghost tapes. Is is it just going to be ghost tapes one and two, or you know what what, what can we expect in the future? Well, at, at this stage right now, I'm looking to make a nice square trilogy out of it. Okay. You know, try and you know finish the second one by Halloween. And then hopefully by next December we'll have a third one in the works. Okay, yeah, because I think that I may have a, a couple of things that are that I can line up, a couple more private homes, and uh, you know I, what what I like about private homes and what's going to be nice in your in in your documentary is is that we don't really see that a lot. Um, we see people going to more like locations than going into people's yeah. private homes. Um, yeah, I mean, private homes is definitely, for me, that's where it's at. That's where you're actually doing some kind of, you know, real help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think part of the problem is that uh, a lot of residential homeowners are not cool about, you know, letting people come in and on all their ghosts. Because I've tried residences before and people are not happy about those kind of questions. Right. Well, if they ever want to, if they ever want to sell their house, you know, it is a stigmatized property, and that can be tough. I understand. Mm-hmm. I don't know how Rick keeps getting all these houses. Tell me your secret, Rick. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's you know, this one was uh, through Jamie's um, father-in-law. He uh, he works with with the client. Well, I, I can say her name. With the, her name is uh, Jamie as well. He works works with Jamie and. And uh, I had actually been in her her old house once before. Got nothing in that house, um, but within you know in this house, just just the um, I would go away saying that there was definitely definitely spiritual activity in that home just from that massive drop in temperature that we experienced. I mean, that was a twenty five degree drop in temperature in a matter of what five minutes? Ten minutes. Yeah, it was a twenty five degrees. Crazy. Yeah, and I it was constant. Believe. Yeah, I've never, I, I have never seen that before. And that's what I'm talking about. It's like you can have all the experience in the world, but I tell you what, you're always going to come across that some, you know, something that's so much more um, uh, interesting, so much more amazing, and it's uh, something is always going to, you know, <laughs> all I can say is just is just going to amaze you. But no, I, I come up with these private homes. Like that one was word of mouth. Others, you know, others are word of mouth as well. Yeah, that's how we, we, we do a lot of private resident stuff, too. And it's, you know, they hear of us. So. Hmm. Right. Yeah, I definitely I need help getting into more uh, houses, for sure. <laughs> I don't know that many people. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, 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 a, it's exactly like what you said. Um, people are very reluctant, especially nowadays, because let's face it, there's been a lot of... Um, you know, paranormal teams that have been in the news that have done some extremely bad things, and people are even, you know, they're even more reluctant now, you know, allowing, um, you know, folks like us into their home. Um, and I, to be perfectly honest with you, rightly so, because nothing would scare me more than, you know, a group of guys in, uh, down south, you know, burning down a building and then allowing them into, into my home. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I'm going to tell you, if if I don't know a paranormal group personally, I wouldn't let them into my house. <laughs> I'm just weird about those things, you know? 
And see, we don't sure. have that problem, so that's interesting because we've that's never been an issue for us. We've never experienced a drop off in people who want us to come see their houses. As a matter of fact, it's picked up. So maybe different part of the country, different different experiences, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. So there there is a location in the ghost tapes, uh, the original one that was um, you you can't tell uh, people the location and. I- I get that, but it was a theater of, of sorts, correct? Yes, correct. Right. Now, what, what exactly is it that you experienced there? You know, for people who are going to see it, I mean, what what kind of experiences did you have? Oh, my God. That theater, that was that's probably the, the hottest spot we've ever, that I've ever been to to this day. I mean, mm-hmm. we got a little bit of everything. We've got some spirit box voices come through. We've got a lot of EMF spikes. Um, and uh, I really think I went through uh, some kind of mild possession, especially in one room. It was a ballroom. Right. And the second, the very second we walked in, I started feeling nauseous. I felt lightheaded and dizzy. And mm-hmm. it felt like something was trying to distract me from what I was doing. Right. I kept, like, dropping my camera. Not, like, dropping on the floor, but just not pointing at, at anything. Mm-hmm. And I was, sitting, I was sitting down a lot, and I was just like, like, where am I, and what am I doing here? Yeah. It was really tough to get my focus back after whatever that was. Yeah, you seem to be having um, a really hard time with that. Now, would you, now, were you ever able to determine who or what was doing this to you? Did you have anything to, you know, any kind of evidence to back it up? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something that, that <laughs> I don't know. You might not like it, but this is this is a small part of a theory I have. It could okay. have been, you know, some evil spirit into me. I felt like. But mm-hmm. it also could have been some type of leak in the building, like a gas leak. Okay. Because I was I was researching what I went through, mm-hmm. and a lot of those symptoms stemmed from uh, I don't remember what it was, but it was like some kind of noxious gas that leaks in buildings sometimes. Right. But Jim wasn't feeling any of that, which is what kind of makes me turn away from that theory. Well, but some people are more susceptible to things than other people, so I think it's a good theory, actually, although I will say that I've had experiences like that in the absence of those types of things, too. So, Mm -hmm. hard to know. Yeah, I'd have to get more information about, like, the building and that room, and I want to do a second follow-up investigation there, but they're going to be tearing it down soon so that's probably the question right oh that's that's too bad um you know and and that's that's the thing too a lot of people they don't understand that kind of affects that say you know low levels of carbon monoxide can have on a person Mm -hmm. um if it's extremely low levels it's not going to it well not right away anyways it's not going to kill you but it can cause nervousness, does cause nausea, does cause um, hallucinations, auditory as well as uh, visual. Um, you have other such things as infrasound or high e or high electromagnetic fields. I mean, there are any number of things that can really mess with the human being, and it's not always spiritual. And that's what makes mm-hmm. this field so hard 
hard is that and and probably why you have this little lingering doubt until you know you've got some apparition that appears in front of you looks you in the eye says boo and disappears is because <laughs> there are so many potential explanations for these things that if you can't rule out every logical explanation you can't say oh that was for sure a ghost yeah i agree with you i'll i'll, I'll probably never be 100 percent on what it was but i i'm definitely leaning more towards some kind of spiritual activity over a gas leak. Sure. Now, I mean, with what, that, what I went through, that was not that was not okay. I was not right. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I'm watching this, and I could tell that that you were definitely feeling sick. I mean, I, I'm watching this, and I could tell it's like this is not this is not somebody that's trying to stage something here. This is a person that is in in real physical distress. Yeah, I mean, I I wanted to just break down and cry in that room. I just wanted right. to, like, sit in a chair and just have a cry for a while. I don't know why. Well, that well, sounds you, a little bit like empathy. <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to say. It sounds like you may have experienced a psychic, you know, some kind of, um, you know, a, a psychic episode there. Yeah, I mean, I, I go back and I watch that footage and I, I kind of get chills because it doesn't even look like me a little bit. It looks like someone else. Yeah, it's the, you, could, you could definitely tell that there was something that is um, that was definitely wrong. Now, I noticed that in the in the original... <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Karen, did you know, hear I that? I heard that too. What? No, I was... My, I was muted, so it's nothing from my house. But yeah, I heard. I just assumed oh. somebody moved it. Somebody's chair squeaked or something. Oh, okay, that was that was just too weird. Um, now, the um, the night that we did the the home here was that was I mean literally within walking distance of my house. That was the first time you had ever worked with a medium, correct? Yep. Yep. Now Absolutely. what? What 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 are your thoughts concerning that? Are, are you are you skeptical of mediums, or you know, do you have more of uh, you know, what is your philosophy concerning psychic ability and its and its use in the paranormal field? I think it has uh, a very important place because I mean, you you can almost tell right away if a skeptic is full of crap or if they have like actual claims to what they say they can do, you know? Right. Because I've never, I've never met a real one or a fake one before, so I, could, I can't compare them. But just the things that she was saying were things that were kind of, you know, adding up without her, without us even telling her that. Mm -hmm. Like, there was a lot of... I, I actually just watched some of the footage tonight so it's fresh in my mind. But when she was walking around and giving us, like, the initial tour of the house, she said there's a lot of arguing, there's a lot of anger, you know, mm -hmm. there's a lot of frustration. And then later, when you and I did the, uh, the spirit box session in that room, I asked, did, did you guys fight a lot? And it said, yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, there are little ways to tell if... Uh, you know, a medium has the gift or not. Little things like that. Correct. Yeah, and, it's and like I would you, love to work with them more. 
you know? Oh yeah, we'll definitely. I'm I'm sure we'll be working with Nancy more in the future, um, especially if I can, you know, get these other investigations lined up. Because personally, me, I will not conduct an investigation without the impressions of a medium or a psychic, you know, wh- whatever term you want to use. Um, I won't do it only because, you know, I don't know exactly what is there. I mean, I although I am sensitive, I'm not. I'm not a medium. And it's like, I can sense that something's there, but I don't know what it is. Whereas a medium can tell you that. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. And it's just, um, and, and Karen too, Karen, I, I, I don't know. What, what would you call yourself? Would you call yourself a medium or what? I don't labor Oh, sorry. No, he's he's asking me. I'm asking Karen. I don't, I don't, I don't give it, I don't give it any labels. Um, I have abilities and I can communicate and figure things out when I'm on investigations and, you know, when I'm talking to people and when they come to my house and I, I, I suppose the label for that is medium, huh? Yeah, I guess so. There you go. I mean, you're, you know, you're acting as the go between, between yourself and. Yeah, that's exactly what I feel like. I feel like what I am is like a receiver (laughs) or a, (laughs) um, like a translator is is really more what I feel like, you know. I, <laughs> right. They tell me and I tell you, and there you go. <laughs> exactly, and you know what? I, and I don't think that you know. It's like you, you get you get a lot of the shows and a lot of the people nowadays who are you know they're like, oh, I don't work with I don't work with psychics or I don't work with mediums because you know they're off you know they're off phony you know. And it's like, but wait a second. Here's one thing that you don't understand. Whenever you turn that little recorder on and you ask, is there anybody here who would like to make their presence known, you are, in effect, becoming a medium. You are bridging that gap between the spirit world and the living world. You may not be receiving it psychically, but you are still acting as a go-between, as a medium. That's true, because that. you, you yeah. are being the translator. Just like I just said, what I do is I'm a translator. I just hear it in my head. Yeah, exactly, and um, you know, and, and I, I don't think a lot of people really understand that. It, it's 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 weird how people are just so down on that kind of thing. Um, so you know, in 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 the future, you know, uh, Luke, you talk about this about this being done by Halloween. Yes. Yeah, I'm still hoping that I'm going to hear from the Mineola people. I'm still hoping that I can that this woman will eventually get back to me because I tell you what, dude, it is it, it's been frustrating. I've sent her a couple messages now, and I almost get the feeling like we are being blown off. That's kind of this. That's kind of. The, but you know what? You're gonna you, you you're gonna experience that kind of thing when you do this kind of thing, especially you know going to like a historic location. They're like, yeah, okay, whatever, you know. But that's unfortunately what happens. I. I- can't even tell you how many times I got the shrug off. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it happens more than you actually get to investigate. Right. Well, you yeah. have to be kind of you have to be kind of bold to do this. You have to be willing to ask for what you want. You have to be persistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fortunately, Absolutely. I have people who do that for me. <laughs> <laughs> I just get to show up. <laughs> so what? Yeah. So what 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 is the 
what is the future plans, um, you know, Luke, besides just, um, you know, doing, you know, the second one or, you know, what, um, what, what does your film career future look like? Hmm. That is a good question. Uh, film career. I mean, it's really tough to say. I don't know. I, I don't have a real clear vision of what it looks like. I just know that it's there, and I have to get to it. Right. I mean, I would love to, you know, make more, you know, non-paranormal-related documentaries or scripted, acted horror films. I mean, oh. There's so many different things I want to do. But so far, I mean, my track is looking, you know, like ghost tapes for a while because... I'm just having so much fun with it, and I'm learning so much. Right, and and that's and, and that's what all this. Like oh, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. I would just say the the people seem to like it. I mean, that's sure. part of the reason why we're doing a second one is because after the first one came out, it was kind of like a little explosion, and everyone is asking when's the second one. Yeah, so I'm like, well, crap. Let's make a second one. Then. <laughs> Keep yeah. looking. Oh, Luke, I like you. You're a guy who's following his creative muse, and that's, that's always right. a good thing. I, you know, that's what I've done throughout my life is uh, chased my creative muse around and around, and it's always made me a pretty happy person. So, more power to you for doing that. So, we've come to the point in our show that we call Shameless Self Promotion Corner. This is where yes. you can you can promote away anything you want. Okay. Well, I have a lot to say on that end. Excellent. Okay. okay. Uh, lots, of, lots of big news just happened uh, today and yesterday. So, Rick, I don't even think you know this yet. But no. yesterday I was informed that we have obtained uh, permission to investigate the Stanley Hotel in Colorado. Oh, oh uh, sweet. Yeah. And Congratulations. I, I, oh, I've been dying to go there my whole life. That's it's, exciting. Uh, for people... For people who don't know, it's the direct inspiration for the Overlook Hotel from The Shining. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In Estes Park, Colorado. Oh, it's going to be a blast. Uh, yeah, we're probably I... going out there in May to investigate. Okay, you know what's it's, it's funny, too, because uh, uh, my wife's brother lives out that way, and we might just have to be there as well. <sighs> Uh, really? Yeah. Well, now yeah, we should try and make that work. Yeah, definitely. I mean, let let me know, and uh, we'll uh, you know see if I can set it up. Because last year we went out there during May too, and yeah, dude. I mean, the place is beautiful. I went on one of their ghost tours, and um, I saw a door close by itself, not just once, but twice. And I tell you what, even though I was on the ghost tour, I jumped up from where I was sitting and. I ran over to that door, and everybody's looking at me like, well, "What's going on with this guy here?" You know, and uh, and I'm, I, I, I got to, I got to tell you that I got to tell you, dude, there was nothing there that would have closed that door. Nothing. There was no springs. There was Excellent. no rope. There was no nothing. There was no shaking of the walls. There was whatever closed that door was an invisible person. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> so that, what? That, that's what it was to me. So what else do no, you? Have? Now I'm even more excited to go there. Yeah, uh, very cool. Yeah. So what else do you have coming up? 
Well, actually, today I received a, an award in the mail from the Salty Horror International Film Festival that I salty submitted horror. those it's, to. It's, did you say Salty Horror or Salty Horror? Salty Horror. Excuse okay, horror. shoot. <laughs> That'd be a whole <laughs> different kind of movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and anyways, we've been awarded Best Documentary of 2013. Congratulations. Congratulations. You've had a big day. Yeah, it's been a huge day for me. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Very good. And Congratulations. Just, just general promotion. You guys can catch Ghost Tapes pretty much anywhere on the internet. YouTube, search it. You can go to theghosttapes.com. Facebook.com slash the ghost tapes. I mean, just punch it into Google. It'll, you'll find it. And ghost tapes has also been uh, selected to be hosted on indieflix.com, which is kind of like a cousin site to Netflix. Neat. So if you have the cash and you can pay a small subscription fee, I would love it. If people can watch ghost tapes on IndieFlix. it'll put some money towards the sequel. But if you stay up for cash, just watch it on YouTube. I offer yeah. the option because I know a lot of okay. people don't have money right now. Yep. Yeah. There you go. Go to and, the Google, uh, guys, and Google ghost tapes. <laughs> what else you got? Did you really just say the Google? Of course I did. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, I did Luke. it just for you. <laughs> Proceed. <laughs> well, that's pretty much all I have to say. If you haven't seen ghost tapes, just go out and watch it and... Uh, be prepared for Ghost Tapes 2 to launch this Halloween. Fantastic. Great. Looking forward to it. Me too. <laughs> Luke, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a lot Thanks, of fun Luke. talking to you. Thank you guys so much for having me on. This is a lot of fun. Great. Great. You have a wonderful evening. You too, guys. All right. All right. Talk to you Good later, night. buddy. All right. There Bye. you go, guys. Luke Millet with the Ghost Tapes. Go to the Google. Go to the Google. The Google, the Google. To the Google. I just like messing with you, Rick. Okay, Cheryl. Hey, gang. Hi. So, you know, this is the business time. Yeah, good stuff with Corey and Luke. I was enjoying listening. So, good job. Good job. Um, I still need to see the ghost tapes. So, I will do that. Well, you know how you find it's it? It's excellent. The Google? You go to the Google. The Google. Awesome. I love the Google. You know, um, usually it's people over 50 that say the Google. Do you think wow. I really say the Google? Have you ever heard me say it before? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, no okay, I also, it's okay. I also say it's the menopause, and usually only people over 50 <laughs> say that, too. So, there you go. The menopause. Ugh. <laughs> <sighs> Anyway, sorry, Cheryl. <laughs> That's all right. Got caught up in my, the Google and, of course, the Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> so, Cheryl. Alrighty. So, good Cheryl. stuff. Um, I just wanted to also ask our live listeners to stay tuned after us because we have In the Dark Radio with Chuck Godsky on next. And that is, uh, well, well, let's see, that's uh, 11 to midnight Eastern. And he's going to be talking uh, to Nancy Laporta, right? Correct. Yes, right, and, and she is a psychic medium, and she works with Rick, yeah. and, you know, all-around groovy chick. Yeah, yes. yeah, I can't and wait to listen. she probably does not say the Google. <laughs> Let's ask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sorry. you know what, you ask, because unfortunately I'm not going to be able to listen tonight, but, uh, yeah, you go ahead. All right. 
Um, <laughs> also, um, if you listen to Hazy at any other times, uh, go ahead and check out um, the show right before us Thursday at 8 to 9 Eastern. And that's Dear Emmy. Wait, 8 to 9 Eastern. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Got it. I don't know. I only can calculate um, Pacific time. <laughs> I'm like, wait. Yeah. What? Uh, don't make me do math. I'm, I'm, you know, my math brain, not so good. No, I don't do math either. So, yeah. No. Um, so, anyway, and there's a lot of other great shows on other nights. Check the show listing on hazyradio.com and come and join the fun. So, um, I just want to mention one more time before we sign off that the January 29, 29, where, where am I? Um, 2014. You're in the, 20th, <laughs> you're in the 30th 20th. century. <laughs> All right, guys. Holy crap, by then long the day. will have definitely won a Super Bowl. Uh, I don't know about that. I'm still thinking <laughs> that the Cubs will one day win too, but I doubt it. 2014. Hey, uh, is, uh, is Seattle playing San Francisco t- this weekend? Sunday. Sunday. All right. Yes, would you like me to call and heckle you and Chad or anything while it, while it's going on? Yeah, please call and heckle okay. and, and we'll we'll have some fun cuz um I think uh I think San Francisco's going to win. Why? <laughs> oh, do you? Okay. All right. Yes. <laughs> oh, look at you. You just you, you just give up right away. You just you, you, you don't you don't follow it to the bitter end. That's how I know you're not from the Midwest. It's because I'm not a dude. No, I will be watching the and hoping. I'd really like to see the Seahawks win and go to the Super Bowl. Um, I just don't see them winning the Super Bowl, but I could be wrong. I mean, yeah, you know, we know. Seattle fans have been pretty beat down over the years. No, yeah. hey, I know exactly how you feel because you know I'm 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 a lifelong Cubs fan, and the Cubs fan, you know, Cubs they haven't done anything since what 1918. They haven't won a. You know, oh, okay. Series, I, I but have, we still love them. I have two words for you: the Mariners. Uh, the Mar- <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, even even since I was, I've been watching them since I was a teenager. Even and, right. the Angels have won. Come on. Yeah, but that was back when Reggie Jackson, Mister, you know. No, no, they didn't no. win back then. Mm-mm, it was oh, okay. it was recent. It was in the early two thousands. Uh, see, and then and, wow, and that's how I you know that recent. I should not be talking about sports because <laughs> really I recent. know nothing about it. <laughs> ah, okay. Oh, yeah. Actually, Patty, Patty just texted me. She thinks uh, she she thinks she didn't hear that I said that <gasps> what, that it was me who said that I thought that they weren't going to win because Patty loves the Seahawks. Oh, and she'll probably now kick me out of the investigation on Saturday because <laughs> I said that. I really want them to win. I just. Well, okay. You know what it is? I'm just not getting my hopes up. Well, That's Dave seems to think that San Francisco is not going to win in Seattle. Dave in our chat room. Well, so, you know, Dave does have a point. Seattle is pretty tough to win, but people can win in Seattle, but San Francisco hasn't. So that's what I'm hanging It's always the first on. time this weekend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know who I'm rooting for. Sorry. Sorry, Patty. Okay. You're going to You're going to get fired, Karen. She's going to fire Patty's you. Patty's not going to fire me. Patty loves me. <laughs> <laughs> He's my friend. <laughs> anyway, so what were we talking about before we got off on this tangent? We were talking about 2029 or 20-something. 20 I don't know. No, we were talking about the magazine going up on paranormalunderground.net. Please check it out. Let us know what you like. We've got a ton of great content in there, and we're always looking for feedback, which, you know, 
um, what you like, what you'd like to see in there that maybe we don't cover, although I think we just about cover everything, but you, you like never know. Karen Frazier's articles. That's yeah. what you like. Was that, that was you love thing. Rick Hale. See, now, Rick, here's the difference. My voice was soothing and hypnotic. Yours was a little aggressive. I was going for the more subtle. Okay. You two See. are the so picture of subtlety. We are what uh, now? <laughs> the picture of subtlety? Yeah. I was using my hypnotic voice. You were, actually, I know. I know. Sleep, yes. Yeah. You I, 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 went, <laughs> <laughs> I went right for the kill. I'm like, you love Rick Hale. That's the mm. kill. You love the skid mark. That's what you love. <laughs> oh, no, she didn't. Yeah, oh, yes, good. she did. <laughs> so um, we have some, some shows coming up, too, correct? Yes, we do. We're, we're still having some shows. And next week we have Nate Raiderman of Tri-City Research and Investigation of the Paranormal, a.k.a. Trip Paranormal. That's January 23rd. 2029 no 2014 and then we have eating cross pet communicator january 30th i know i'm excited about that one yeah karen and i are pre-recording with walter and karen i always pronounce his last name i don't know if i'm pronouncing it right either i've only corresponded with him via email i think it's SimQ, but we'll have to ask him okay um okay but he's he's the founder and president of iisis which Mm -hmm. is a reincarnation past like (laughs) <laughs> Patty just texted and said SSPR is looking for a new member. <laughs> <laughs> See, uh oh. Um. Anyway, he's Start the he. Now. It's uh, IISIS, which is a reincarnation research group. I've had some interaction with him in dealings with a case of mine, and he himself has a pretty interesting story about his own past lives. Um, it was mm-hmm. written a book called The Return of the Revolutionary. Really looking forward to talking to him as well. Yeah, that we're going to pre-record that, but I think we're going to air it actually the first week of February during that show. So that's February 6th. And, um, you know, we'll have some more guests lined up, and I think you're going to like them. What? You're not going to tell me who they are? No. No. Okay, yeah. I'll tell you. We have Dave Considine. Founder and like director of Phantas- yeah, yeah, Phantasm cool. Psychic Research. Um, we, I am scheduling a time with our good friend Jill Marie Morris to come on and talk to oh. us about her second book. Saints and Sinners and Sacred Ground. Yep. Which has just released. And um, after reading her first book, I am quite anxious to read the second book. So, yes. yeah. A couple other people that I really don't want to mention yet because I'm still firming up some dates, so I'll hold off. But we have a great couple of months coming up excited about it well there you go and so if you're excited we're excited <laughs> yay. yay all right so i think this is it unless you know anybody else would like to gab about anything else because this has been a really sad show for me because i've just been kicked off my paranormal team <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's going to happen now if they end up losing it's going to be your fault because you jinx them it is so not my fault because I do okay. everything in my power. Yes. To it's a law of attraction, Karen. I, I do everything do in visualize? my power to help the team win. Okay. You know. Right. So, and I do have a lot of power over the Seahawks. No, you know, I don't know. I'd like to see them win this weekend. I actually do think they have a pretty good chance of winning this weekend. I'm just not so yeah. confident about them winning the Super Bowl. But, but then we had that horrible travesty a few years ago when, you know, they were, they basically had the Super Bowl taken away from them by the refs. So 
Oh man, I must have missed that one or forgot about it. That sounds it bad. Was, it was yeah. pretty rough. Okay. I remember that. You know, these refs are out of control too. They they, they really are. I mean, they. I've I've, I've actually I, when, when when I have sat down and, and watched a couple of games, you know, like a couple of Bears games, it's like these, the Bears. The, the, <laughs> okay. the Bears. Um, they make some really you know bad calls out there on the field. I mean, you know, they're dropping the ball out there. Yeah, I I can tell you, I have, I've been really astounded at some of the calls going on where you'll see the ref standing right there, right next to the player, and they make a bad call. I I really, I really don't get it. I mean, I know they're trying their best, but man, it's like you're right there. (laughs) I I think they want more money. Is that it? Okay. Yeah, they want more money. That's what it is. More money. More money. Anyway, all right. So, are we done? Is this it? This is this is goodbye. Yep. We're done. Yeah. Okay, so for Cheryl and Skidmark, well, this back. is Karen. <laughs> I don't think Rick's ever gonna live that down. I'm never. Yeah, just it, it, it was like it was like. His wife gave me permission to use it as often as I wanted. Isn't that nice of her? Did she really? Yeah, oh, she did. Man. Wow. <laughs> anyway, she forget so- about getting Eddie. <laughs> like she cares. She's so tired. It doesn't matter. She's a mother. She's got a young child. Oh, yeah. She's exhausted. Trust me. <laughs> anyway. Is Rick crying um, now? What? Uh-huh. No. I'm just, I, I was joking. Sound like you what were sniffing. I said, are you, are you crying now? Yeah, I'm crying. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm love losing. Karen, he's, she makes fun of me all the time. He's making skid marks. She beats me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> she, she beats the skid marks right out of you. <laughs> Gross. We have definitely gone nice. to some weird places on tonight's show. We have gone some weird places tonight, um, and it's mostly my fault. And I'm just going to apologize to our listeners. I'm not sure what's wrong with me. I do not have the Percocet excuse tonight. Uh, I, you know, I woke up at one thirty in the morning. Maybe that's what it is. So, anywho, um, come back next week. We'll be here six p.m. Pacific, nine p.m. Eastern. Other times in the flyover states, it's paranormal. The radio network, have a good night. Good night. Have a good night. Good night, Skidmark. If you'd like <laughs> to be a guest on Paranormal Underground Radio, email editor at paranormalunderground.net. Until next time, keep exploring the unexplained at paranormalunderground.net. Please join us next week for Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network. <laughs>